Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome Uh-oh. to Crime Land. My name is Julie J, and this week I'm talking to the lovely Anna Carey, Karen Whitehead <laughs> of Double Love Podcast about the death of Nikki Whitehead. happy to have you on you're just I mean you're just such a cool podcast at the moment <laughs> I love it that's news to us <laughs> yeah I don't you're... think I would have thought of us as cool oh no <laughs> how does it feel to be cool what does it feel like tell me a new <laughs> feeling yes novelty. <laughs> I mean like I, I I don't know if cool is the right word to describe podcasts taking the piss out of like 35 year old books but like we'll we'll take it we'll gladly do, take it do you want to just because fill us fill the listener in in case they don't know what double love podcast is yeah uh, it's well it's a recap podcast where we kind of go through the sweet valley high series book by book so each episode would be about one particular book in the series and we just have great fun absolutely ripping the piss out of it but it's also kind of affectionate because like well mm. when i used to read them i was reading them quite earnestly as like Oh yeah, an eleven-year-old and was fully into this. Thought Jessica Wakefield was the coolest bitch in the world. I think. Uh, I think Anna, you were coming at it from a slightly more cynical perspective. I was. I got. I think I got into. Well, I, I always knew what they were because I was like ten when the first book came out. I think, but um, they. I got into them. Me and my sisters used to buy them in charity shops when we were teenagers and just found them the funniest things in the entire world. But we loved like. We I know you would devour them. By them, oh yeah. So, you know, we we try it with other books, with other series like Sweet Dreams and all these other sort of eighties, early nineties series, and they just didn't have that Sweet Valley magic. Like, there's something about it that makes <laughs> it just hilarious. Valley, sweet Valley, 
have. It's just oh. even the theme song now to that show itself was just fantastic. I what was the book? Because it obviously was a book, but I don't remember reading the book. Do you remember? Like I don't know what the TV show did they have? Did they take a bit of poetic license? Because there was oh, one episode yes. massively. Yes. Do you remember when Jessica? <laughs> I was only talking about this to somebody recently. Do you remember Jessica was? She was probably the first victim that I was aware of in my life. My first introduction to. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say like not revenge porn, but do you remember she had the artist who <gasps> painted her and he painted her naked? Do you remember? Yeah. Dakota yeah. Dancer. That's a yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that a is that a book? No. No. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't mean, think so. Well, the the thing with the TV series is that it is we we've sort of now we're seeing it kind of as like fan fiction. Because yeah. it really bears a very, very loose resemblance to the book. Like they've got okay. rid of some characters. They've they invented did, yeah. Some. The twins' parents are are nowhere to be seen, even when Elizabeth <laughs> is running in wild. Accident. Oh, um, it's it's carnage. It's absolutely chaotic. But like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like you're. It's I love the way it's like you're 16 year old, 16 years of age. You get into an accident, and your next of kin is your 16 year old sister. Mm. Like what? Nobody's asking credit. Like no. your sister's signing a do not resuscitate <laughs> form. You're yeah. like. Is there any adult in your life? Like, no, Apparently, that's who's in charge. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the things that have happened, even in the, I think we've done nine episodes because that's our bonus uh, mm. series for Headstuff Plus is us recapping the, the TV series. The TV show, yeah. And we've done not, we've recorded nine. The ninth episode is is going to be out just the, the day after we record this. And um, yeah, the, the thing, things have happened in the twins' lives already, which like Jessica got engaged kind of to yeah. a prince. You would think their Do parents would- I remember would that when in. she got engaged to the prince? He I was mean, Elizabeth's pen pal and he turned oh. up on a state visit to Sweet Valley because that's where a prince would go. <laughs> I he don't know. His, <laughs> he was going to go and address Congress in Washington, D.C. like the next day, but he had to drop off in Sweet Valley first. He had to just bro- breeze past the West Coast initially. Hmm. Poor old Elizabeth. I don't know how, like I would have been on a mur- up on a murder charge if Jessica had been my sister. Oh, well, <gasps> you know, I don't think anybody Just... would convict you for that because she's a full on psychopath. <laughs> oh, she is. Well, also, Elizabeth in a classic uh, book does end up with a murder charge. We haven't got there yet, but there is a sequence. We're building up to it. Yeah. We are building up to it. A lot of our Ooh. listeners are very excited. They When when the Sweet Valley series was gearing up to episode or book 100, they did a sort of a mini series where there is a third lookalike called Margot, who makes her way across America, killing people. So fitting in with the theme of your podcast. He goes on a killing spree. Margot sounds like my kind of girl. Well, she's our kind of girl as well, because she is on her way to kill a Wakefield twin, which (laughs) we can relate to. So yeah, she goes on a killing spree across America. Now, she does kill a child at some stage, so she's pretty bad. And uh, yeah, then Liz ends up being um, falsely accused of killing something from a driving accident. It was, it was pretty late in the that. series. It was yeah. like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was literally like book 100 or something that they kind okay. of worked up to that kind of levels of Days of Our Lives insanity. And, oh my God. Yeah. It's, they, they kind <laughs> yeah. of stayed on a keel of, on a sort of a peak of craziness for quite a long time after that. I think once but, they brought in murder charges and lookalikes, <laughs> yeah. they were all bets for all. That's when they I threw in the it, werewolves and vampires. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It really goes so, off the rails. It's like that, yeah. 
that's when it's like it's like Sweet Valley Stroke Buffy you know it's kind of a mishmash of the two oh yeah. only no it's not even that good it's just <laughs> ridiculous it's uh... loved a bit of Buffy is that well can oh. I just say as well you guys in terms of the bonus content because we are head stuff siblings because mm, I didn't realize yeah. there, that was kind of a thing until I did Sissy that pod and the lovely James and Kian referred to me as their head stuff sibling and mm. I was like guys Honestly, this year you speaking of next to kin, you're officially my next to kin now. <laughs> me. But yes, sign the do not resuscitate for you anytime. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. But it's only a broken leg, Anna. Oh no, just, don't worry. Just it's what case. she would have wanted. <laughs> Take yeah. her off the drip. She was a bit, she really wanted to try tag rugby sometimes. So you know what? Yeah, look, we'll leave it off. Stop um, it now. I know, but you guys have to say are putting the rest of us to shame because your bonus content is just mwah, chef's kiss. As you say, talking about the TV show and all the rest, like you're just brilliant for the bonus content. Well, thank you. We do, we do really enjoy it because yeah. I think it's an excuse yeah. for us to watch the TV series, which we are very into more than we thought we'd be, I think. Way more than we thought we'd be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, well done. You're so, honestly, you are like, because you, well, you know what? I went through Mad Face last week. I did a load of bonus content and I loved it. I was doing mad stuff. Like just, it was me talking alone in a room and I was like, I'm just going to throw up the video for the crack. I mean, watched by no one, I'm sure. But I just kind of, I lost the, it was a, I just, it was a real vanity project. I feel last week. I was just doing bits and bobs and bobs and bits and grabbing Fred for like another tragic story. Fred is a disastrous crime line guest because he just says things like, that's so sad. Oh no. And that person died. <laughs> that's oh. the point, Fred. <laughs> and then he says, because he's my most listened to episode. And it's funny because I listen back and I think the last line is Fred saying, that was just, that's the end. And I was like, yeah, okay, thanks for listening to Carl. He's like, that's it. I was like, yeah, thanks. So that was most people's introduction to Crime Land is just Fred sitting there in horror. Just but anyway, emotionally yeah. scared. <laughs> so it's so it's double love podcast. It is such a treat. And can I just say, even if like, because I'll be honest, it's been a long time since I've dipped into a Sweet Valley book, but I think your dynamic is so funny that like, even if you you know maybe read a book or two back in the day, it's more so you the way you take the piss of it while still I think having that grow and having that affection mm. is just mm. really well done girls it's great well, thank, thank you. you we do get listeners who have never listened or That's never true. read the book never read the book I don't think you have to excruciating details oh, so like, they're able yeah. to follow the whole story whether they like it or not no I think it's just great the way you do it and even the way you describe the cover and everything like you know some of them you'd be remembering them back and just pissing you like just laughing to yourself so it's just great okay come here will I kill the mood now by doing some crime go on let's do it let's let's bring that energy down way down let's keep that energy going okay right now okay well I was gonna press record but we have a recording come on Judy Rush is Rush is listening get with the program okay hang on Hello, Rosha. You're very welcome. Um, okay, right. Okay, just talk amongst yourselves there for a minute. I have the document here. <laughs> Two seconds. So look, the reason I thought that I'd get you girls on, um, because I do like a tenuous link to people. That so is- of course, mm. there's twins in this one. So yes. hello. So- I mean, I said now I did, I'm not gonna lie, girls. I did DM Jedward. So they hadn't got back to me. Look, it was a it was it was a long shot. But you know, like Jedward are the kind of lads like you can nearly see them 
like you know tipping along to my head stuff podcast you know what I mean mm. like they strike me as those kind of guys but I presume they didn't see the message because they didn't get back I said next on my list are the double love girls so thank oh. you so much for doing this um, <laughs> we're honored to be very second honored. on the list of twin I, content after Jeff Rich. that's very fair you yeah. were very you were very very close uh, so a quick disclaimer that absolutely no offense is meant to any of the people discussed in this episode and we always strive to discuss these topics in a human and empathetic way so the source I used for this one were Wikipedia. I know I probably shouldn't use it as a source, but I do. We all do. Um, like it has to be done. Elevenalive.com. Uh, Eleanor Neal has a true crime video on this as well. And True Crime Daily is another one. I did dip into, but I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, another YouTube series called Twisted Twins, which look, I don't think anyone should be quoting it as a reliable source, but I watched it. So I just want to credit them that. That could be so, the other name of the sweet Valley series. Truly, yeah. So, Twisted yeah. Twins. That would work. Mm. So Nikki Whitehead was 34 years old, mother to two identical twin girls called Tasmaya and Jasmaya Whitehead. They lived in Conyers, Georgia and were held in high regard in the community. So the two girls were both honor roll students and Girl Scouts. I don't know, were either of you in the Girl Scouts? Anna, the guides. Anna? I was in the guides briefly. We did. We boring. not have the scouts. Are they different from the guides? Yeah. Well, the sc- Girl Scouts, like girls, can join the scouts in mm-hmm. Ireland, but Girl Scouts is can the they? American equipment. Yeah, they have since oh. the eighties. Only people who are in the, in the scouts, but the guides are separate. And in America, I do not know how I know this, but in America, the Girl Scouts are their equivalent of the guides. Like they're oh. girls only. Oh, okay, so girls only. You know mm. who used to be a scout back in the day? Joanne McNally. Oh. Yeah. Learn some practical skills being a scout, no doubt. Ten nights at Vicar Street. Thank you very much. Yeah, and she can also <laughs> she can also light a fire or whatever yeah. it is they do. Tie in the scouts a knot. As well. So these girls were in the scouts. They were doing well in school. They were initially raised by their great grandmother Della Fraser. So Fraser had said that I suppose Nikki was kind of. In the early years, she was a bit of a random, well, I shouldn't say random, but maybe a bit sporadic in terms of the girls' lives. And maybe, you know, she wasn't necessarily there all the time. She had her own stuff going on. But in 2007, when the twins were 13, Nikki had really gotten herself together and she requested custody of them. So Nikki and the twins clashed. But most of Nikki's friends kind of put that to, obviously, you know, the kids are 13, Mm. they're teenage girls. I mean, I think every teenage girl is going to clash with their mother. Let's face it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's an awkward age to, yeah. I'm one of four girls. And yes. (laughs) You can imagine. Seven years between the oldest and the youngest. So there were like four teenagers at Tech just about in the house, I think. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And would there have been a lot like, I mean, would there have been a lot of conflict between the girls? Like, I'm just thinking even my cousins, we used to kill each other when we were teenagers. <laughs> well, we all got on well, but we would fight a lot as well. Just, the fights wouldn't last that long. There would be no. just sort of like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> they'd be vicious. Yeah, they'd be vicious, but they'd blow over. Actually, it's funny because mm. for my cousin's 40th, she recently turned 40, I bought her a now 27 tape because our. I think her worst bitch fight was when I went to Tralee in Roxy Records, RIP, bought a cassette of Now 27 and she took this as like a personal affront because she really wanted the tape and oh, we just had this no. proper bitch fight. But that's the thing I think with teenage girls, you have the vi- the viciousness is real, hmm. but it's it's fleeting. It is very exactly, fleeting, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it's momentary. So on the 13th of January 2010, Al Irwin, who was the like deputy county sheriff in Conyers, was on patrol driving around and was flagged down by hysterical Tasmaya and Jasmaya. They were absolutely frantic and telling him that their mother had been murdered. So like your man is just driving around with his donut, his coffee, and actually is stopped by people and has to do something. He's completely floored. He's like, oh my God, an actual crime has taken place. <laughs> so he rings, so he obviously rings uh, the station. Then this guy called Detective Dunn and this other fellow called Swift. So they were kind of like the two, you know, the way there's always those like two detectives on the scene. Mm. They were the two detectives first on the scene and they went into the gaffs, they went into the house and the place was, it was insane caught blood absolutely everywhere they were struck by how much sheer blood there was so swift actually would later say it was by far the most bloody scene he had ever witnessed in his entire career so even after this case he was like nothing has actually topped it in terms of just the sheer blood like it was really violent so it was incredibly bloody and there were drag marks from the living room area to the bathroom oh drag marks drag marks I mean well the word drag marks of the bad's happened Mm. no it's not gonna be good so um and then actually Dawn would later say you can actually smell the blood everywhere in the house like that was quite pungent so due to the violence of Nikki's death poor like I mean poor Nikki like a horrendous death they knew this was a personal attack because there were over 50 stab wounds on her body they would later discover yeah um, so it was very much a crime of passion. So like this poor woman who'd obviously worked hard to, you know, get her shit together, all of that. She got in custody of her kids. The kids were, you know, with her all the time. Like she was working and she was very, she was held in very high regard in the community, had this awful end, like really, really horrendous. So they obviously look at, because they think, okay, this is clearly personal. They look at the people around Nikki. So she did have a fiance called Robert Head, which I just think is so odd. So her surname is Whitehead, and then she meets this guy called Robert Head. I mean, what are the odds? I don't know, maybe it's a common name in Georgia. But she had this fiance, Robert Head, and he lived with her and the kids, but was nowhere to be found in the day of the murder. So he was a truck driver by trade, and they spent the entire day calling him and calling him. Like they started in the morning, continued on to the afternoon and evening, could not get a hold of him at all. So they're kind of questioning what the story with Robert is because obviously they initially want to speak to the partner in these situations and mm. he is nowhere to be found. He's just MIA off the grid. So Robert, where are the twins at this stage? They're, they're so, still just around. Oh, the twins. So at this stage they have flagged down the cops. They're down the station. You know, obviously they're in bits because their mother has been murdered. They're very distraught, very upset. Um, Their gra- great grandmother at this stage have been obviously informed who would have been Nikki's granny. Okay. And she, so, they were you know in the company of her like Mm. they were being supervised by her but they couldn't find this guy Robert anywhere now like Robert just to say like definitely up to that point people would kind of say that he was essentially a good guy for want of a better term you know he's he kind of raised the girls as if they were his own he generally had a really good relationship with Nikki at the twins he was a very hard worker and where they lived as well was kind of another thing so they lived in quite a safe area it was actually a gated community there was a lot of CCTV in the area and nothing pointed to breaking in the house so again this kind of suggested that Nikki had known her killer and Mm. had let them into the house so investigators questioned neighbors so they were kind of going around the neighborhood questioning people nothing was coming up but then this is so weird so they go to one neighbor's house and you know they knock on the door and they notice there's blood on the doorknob Uh-oh. So like, oh yeah 
So they're like, what the hell? So these, you know, these detectives weren't born yesterday. They're like, I'm pretty sure that's blood. So <laughs> Not obviously. No. I mean, good on them. Actually, the Sweet Valley High Police, they've been involved in quite a few kidnapping investigations. So they wouldn't notice that. They would not have, no. Not a big but you know what? More th- on more than one occasion, I have been cutting beetroot and thought that I have like a bleeding wound. It's like stigmata. Mm. And it turns out, no, Julie, you're just cutting beetroot. Okay. Mm. Put down the phone. Um, so yeah, look, they spotted the blood and obviously asked the neighbor about it. And the neighbor said, you know what? It's so weird because last night when I was sleeping, somebody had knocked at the door at 4 a.m. I didn't answer because obviously it's the middle of the night. So then they're like, they noticed there's a camera by the door. So they're like deadly, you know, okay, look, we'll look at the camera. And the guy, I mean, he had the camera paint pointed the wrong way. So they essentially just had like four hours of wall, which That's was so unfortunate. Very ineffective security system. But if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna invest in a security system, like come on, have the camera pointed the right way. Yeah. So now look, they got four hours of wall. They were like, who the hell turned up at the door in the middle of the night, covered in blood? And then they were like, maybe this does have something to do with the unsolved murder next door. But anyway, look, mm. they had, <laughs> they couldn't be sure. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So look, they got nothing from this, which was obviously very frustrating. So meanwhile, the twins are down the station and very clear that they were really distressed. Jasmaya was a little bit more distressed than Tasmaya, but that being said, they were both very clearly upset. Mm. So they asked the girls what they had done that day. So the girls said they got up at 7 a.m., left to go to school at 8, but ended up missing the school bus. And instead of going back, asking their mother for a lift they had decided to walk which was a considerable distance but they did manage to make it in time for their first class so they said look we did make it there you know it was a totally normal day they made a point to saying that they were like you know we just went to class it was like the usual after school then the girls came home and claimed that they didn't notice anything untoward about the house when they came into the house until one of the girls went into the bathroom and discovered their mother now Again, like the scene was total carnage. So people were kind of saying that the police were like, okay, that's a bit odd that they're saying. They not smell it. Like if the if the police were like overcome by the they and there was there was blood everywhere. So they claimed that what happened was was that they went in and that the curtains or the blinds or whatever were closed, that it was really dark in the house, so that they didn't Mm. actually notice Mm. anything, you know, anything amiss, and then went in and made this like, I mean, talk about the most horrifying discovery you can make but they made that discovery then in I'm not sure which one was which but one of them went into the bathroom and they said that that's when they found their mom ran out to the street and flagged down this guy Al Irwin who's like you know eating his donut drinking his coffee and Mm -hmm. is now suddenly embroiled in a murder investigation if you fancy it you can head over to headstuffpodcast.com and support this podcast we get absolutely no money whatsoever well I don't in terms of advertising so the only money I actually get comes from you lovely subscribers if you can't afford to subscribe that is absolutely no problem but if you can there's a lot of bonus content over there for five or a month you can get an awful lot I'm getting really into the swing of things now with the bonus content and I'm doing up some videos and I 
time doing chats with Fred about random, vaguely crime-related stories. And of course, I'm doing some extra episodes as well. So if you do want to support me, the link is in the show notes. It is at headstuffpodcast.com. And as I said, it is the only remuneration remuneration, uh, that I do get for the podcast. So if you can spare a few pennies, I would be delighted. But if you can't, no worries at all. And thank you so much for listening regardless. This week as well, we're going to be giving a little, little shout out to a very good friend of mine. Suzanne Kane has a podcast with PJ Gallagher. You might have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal. And their podcast is called Dublin. They are absolutely gas. They are hilarious. Like the episodes are just, they would have you laughing out loud. And I don't say that flippantly. They really, really are so funny. Do check out, out check out Dublin at the link, which is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to Crimeland. Dublin podcast is basically Suzanne Kane and PJ Gallagher. It is a podcast that is designed very much look at the negative side of things and tell you that it is okay to get up in the morning and live your day. Suzanne Kane slightly crazy conservative lady and ultra liberal lunatic headcase me PJ Gallagher doing our best to put a smile on your face it's a midlife it is literally a midlife crisis podcast start from next week we'll have 10-15 minutes of extra bonus material that will be on the podcast every single week which will be very focused instead of this usual sort of demented ranting excuse me and you can sign up together on headstuffpodcast.com where you'll find loads of other brilliant podcasts with, with all brilliant topics material, and apparently. loads of great bonus material that isn't us but stick with us too thank you the girls then said, look, they told their, this was kind of a big thing as well because their police were like, okay, this is new information. The girls told the police that their mother had had a secret boyfriend called Joe, her who her fiancé Robert knew nothing about and mm. that they should probably go speak to him because, again, the police were like, look, do you know anyone who'd want to hurt your mother? And they were like, well, just, you know, she just had this secret boyfriend. So that night, the night of the murder. So obviously all of this is taking place in the same day. The police go down to the barber shop where this Joe Carter guy works. They questioned Joe about his relationship with Nikki. And he said that Nikki had come to his home the night before her death. And he had said that he didn't want to see her anymore. And she had not taken it well. So that she was really upset. And they had had this huge argument and that she had left his house now they did think based on his like this I suppose it was quite visceral his reaction when they said oh you know Nikki Whitehead is dead and they felt that he did appear shocked okay but they obviously had to go and like check on the LCCTV there's a lot of CCTV now in this yeah. town so they went checked and sure enough Nikki had arrived at his place at 10 31 p.m left at 11 1 p.m so like again kind of confirms his story he also undertook a polygraph test which is dodgy enough because they I are very think, dodgy i don't They're know what i reliable. do one even if i was innocent because i'm generally a nervous wreck and they That's say exactly that like, don't yeah. they that that can really affect you mm-hmm. oh definitely I yeah, yeah I, I'd, Not- I'd be afraid to take one <laughs> even if I, I wouldn't have anything to hide because I'd just be jittery as well it's like driving past a guard it's like oh god don't uh-huh. stop me <laughs> Like, guards, guards, guards! Because that's all <laughs> they measure. It's just your, it's just like your pulse, basically. So mm. it's not like they're. It's is a, that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So your it's basically or something. Yeah. yeah. Might just be hopping like, the whole way through it. Like. I know. <laughs> like you're being interrogated from about a murder case. Of course, you're, it's gonna go. I know. Up. You were the last person to see this woman alive. You're like, I'm gonna look. Don't worry. I'm gonna keep a cool calm collected. Like, no. 
no, absolutely not. Um, so look, yeah, he somehow like he did pass the polygraph test, and also the police asked to examine Joe's body because obviously the nature of the scene, like this was brutal. So the mm. person who had killed the woman, the p- poor woman, Nikki, would have some marks in his body, no oh, marks whatsoever. Names. Yeah, so they'd have yeah. something because obviously this was like really mm. violent. So he had no marks at all. So they're kind of like, look, I feel. They're, they're kind of of the opinion now at this point, look, this guy is kind of cleared as such at the moment anyway. So they returned to Robert, who was Nikki's fiance. And after 24 hours, Robert finally picked up the phone and mm. spoke to the police and did come across to police as really shocked when he heard of Nikki's death. He claimed to have been on the road that morning and GPS information did confirm that his truck was out of state the day of the murder. So then they're kind of thinking, okay, well, just because his truck isn't in the state doesn't mean that he wasn't in the state. So the GPS confirmed that he stopped for petrol or diesel or whatever at half past eight in the morning, the supposed time of Nikki's murder. And sure enough, the CCT footage from the petrol station in Shelbyville, Shelbyville, as in Simpsons Shelbyville. Yeah. <laughs> So Shelbyville is real in Indiana confirmed that it was indeed Robert who was there. So again, okay. they're like, okay, he's telling the truth. So look, this could he could not possibly kill Nikki because obviously poor Nikki was killed at that time. So the girls were brought in again and again, like came across as really distressed. They but they did start kind of contradicting one another. Yeah. On okay. times and stuff. So mm. then they say, look, here's what we need to do. We need to separate them. Um, mm. So they separated them. And that's when things just got really vague. And the police at this point did cop as well that throughout all the like interviews with the girls, they had been wearing these really big. So again, you can see like this is all on YouTube, the interrogations and stuff, but they'd be wearing these big hoodies and gloves. Like, so it does look a bit strange because they're wearing like black gloves. So they asked them to take off the hoodies and the gloves. And sure enough, their arms and hands were covered in cuts, scratches and bite marks a lot of bite marks Holy a lot of shit. bite marks oh, uh, God. bite marks oh so then they they asked them like okay what's the story with this and the girls were like look we got into this huge fight with each other mm. and this is what happened like we just basically we basically tore the shit out of each other that was their reasoning on this so the girls insisted that this you know was just purely a sibling row that kind of escalated but the cops really were not convinced of that that being said the girls were still released to their great granny that night and did they claim that they'd seen their mother alive before they went to school like was that their yeah they said that it was a normal school day you know that they left got up at seven they did say oh sorry this is that's a really good question actually because I didn't mention that so they said as they were leaving they were like bye mom and they just shouted bye to her so that they didn't actually see her leave they were like oh they see her before they left they just it was like a normal day they got up and they just shouted bye mom headed off and then came home and made this awful discovery okay so she so like as in, yeah. in the morning so they yeah. were claiming that she was alive at like seven. yeah that's like it that they you know had shouted kind of just see mom see mom whenever and that that was it so that there was nothing strange about the morning at all mm. so at this point police were really confused as to what has happened because they were looking again at the security footage from the around, around the neighborhood nobody was kind of seen going out to the community that time of the murder mm. but what they did notice was at around 10 a.m Taz and Jazz, as they were known, appeared in full view. So they suddenly were coming out. So they had told the police that we left the house at 7 a.m. 
And sure enough, the, what they do notice is that these two girls have left the house at 10 a.m. So that is a big mm-hmm. discrepancy. Ooh. Yeah. And then they notice, so this again is really strange. They notice the girls approach a male driver, kind of a middle-aged guy at the petrol station and that they got into the car with him. So they appeared to have a conversation. They got into the car and then the car was spotted in a nearby town a few days later because they were like, we need to trace this driver. So they found the driver and he claimed that the girls had just walked up to him and asked for a lift to school and he had merely driven them to their school. So they went to the school and guess what they checked, girls? I genuinely don't know. The CCTV. I'm going to say before I put this episode out, let's play a drinking game. Every time Jeannie says CCTV, have a sip of wine. There is Um, a lot of CCTV in this town. So much, yeah. It's kind of like, it's scary, but good. Like, obviously... if you get murdered great but like you know if you're just doing a sneaky dash to the petrol station for a chocolate mm. bar on the side like yeah. this has just been recorded or mitching off school which oh, it looks like they were they were rocking up till 10 o'clock if you just want to if you just want an old mitch i know actually when i was a teacher in a former life the last year i was teaching i had this class that they just didn't show up prior to one day there was like 10 of them in the class that was all that was in the class wow. they were third year group so i was like where could they be so i went down to the vice principal's office and we just watched them on the cctv in another classroom i was what? like if you're gonna go on and they just went into an empty classroom and just sat oh. in there I was like, if talk oh. about world's worst criminals, oh like God, if you're gonna oh. go on the Mitch, leave the school. Do it properly. They exactly. did it all wrong. <laughs> go. You but again, Mitch properly or go home. Come on. Again, you know that's an example of CCTV being good. Ooh. But it is. It's kind. The level of surveillance is also kind of been unsettling as it, well. You it know? is unsettling. It does seem but, like a lot. But then yeah. I wonder, is that that unusual for that kind of gated community oh, set up, like yeah. as well? Because it is all kind of rich people minding their rich things. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean gate it doesn't scream yeah. friendly not you know you're not you're not going around like you know you're not going around connecting for the GAA in a gated community like it's no. just no. like no thank you so look sure enough the school cameras confirmed that the girls had said that they arrived in school and uh, in school on time that was not the case now what I find so strange about this is it took the police I suppose because they were very much looking at Robert or Joe mm. they it took them a while like I could not believe like that they did not immediately go to the school and say what time do the girls land in school or whatever like maybe because they were so distressed when all of this kind of happened but like it seems like kind of an obvious thing that a you would very check. obvious thing yeah to so they, like, they didn't do that yeah that is so sweet they... Valley police actually that's <laughs> behavior this they is vr yeah. checking dogs yeah. or anything this is SV police. So they so they go to the school and confirm that the driver had been correct, that the driver had dropped them off at 10.16 a.m., which is obviously way off when they said they landed mm, yeah. at the school. So they brought the girls back in for questioning. And this was, by the way, like four months after the murder, which I just think is mad. So That's like four so months. Yeah. Isn't it mad? What? Four, That's yeah. a lot of time to destroy evidence. Isn't it? It's, and get yes. your story straight. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also, if they have bite marks... Like you could t- bite marks are like dental records. Do you know what? Like, yes, you'd be able so to tell true. whose teeth it was. So and, they'd and, be able to yeah. prove it pretty easily that it wasn't like a thirteen-year-old if it was an adult woman. 
yeah Very and true. the bite mark thing um do you know the funny thing about the bite marks themselves they didn't test but one thing they took photos of the bite marks and this okay, is okay this is that. kind of this is quite <laughs> well no but this is quite creepy so um poor nikki had like kind of a madonna gap which i've always loved you know those cool gaps yeah, the yeah, yeah. Teeth. so the bite mark was like had a gap in it yeah. Yeah. yeah it like it, it records, yeah. yeah yeah it had it appeared to have like a, a gap in it that's you know based on the photos or whatever mm. so they basically then separate the girls they're like look something isn't adding up here they now said the girls admitted that they had a fight with their mother that morning which of course is a massive change in their story mm-hmm. yeah. they then went to the house which again i can't believe that they didn't find these before the oh four months <laughs> they found journals which the girls used to communicate with one another one another in these journals, the girls wrote comments like, we have to get rid of her and she's got to go. I mean, Jesus. Come on, Jeez. come on. Oh, for fuck's sake. They are not, I mean, they're not great criminals, but also the police are terrible. I mean, I think, look, I think, yeah, nobody's coming th- coming to this with their hands mm. cleaned. Let's face it, four months later, you're like, they've written, they want to kill her. Okay, so when the girls were booked, they ended up in a police car. Now, the funny thing is, because a lot of people have kind of emphasized, oh, this really did not play well for them. But I, I don't know, like it says, basically, one of the girls says when they're in the police car, because obviously they're being recorded, they say, bite marks, can you believe it? But it was said in such a way like that they couldn't believe that the bite marks were kind of what had done it for them because when they copped that there was like this gap in the teeth they were like look Mm. this is really like come on this is Mm. pretty good evidence here that that something something is awry but like I kind of thought okay it is weird how they say it but like you wouldn't think you know it's not like they said oh why did we kill her or anything like that but they were like <laughs> I think it's straightforward and kind of dried as that I would put a pass them based on this I'd be such a lazy detective I'm like did they say they killed them well then look let's leave it off to say um so yeah look the twins though at this point it was four months later they'd kind of been living like pretty like pretty normal lies but relatively like they were going out socializing they were kind of having the crack during the four months as well so this did not help them in the long Mm. run but it was like that in the interviews now four months later they're two different girls completely so Mm. the first interviews they're kind of distraught very distressed then there's this kind of because the police have kind of been surveilling them as well so they had kind of been watching them during the four months and they seem to be very kind of you know gregarious and like in good spirits and then it's like they just broke so they admitted everything they said that a fight had ensued they were interviewed separately told the same story but a fight broke out and basically the fight was about them running late for school um jazz admitted to hitting her mother with the vase and she did say actually as well which i thought was kind of just gave me the heebie-jeebies she said it was one of those fights where somebody was going to die that it just was instantly that vicious because i suppose as well like there was so much stuff that had built up like that this she said it was like a fight to the death situation basically that like it was like a killer be killed that it was just so toxic this yeah and was there any claim that there was like a history of violence that their mother had well, been abused? Well, yes. Or? Do you know what? There, there was actually something. Um, it's actually uh, this is probably very important to note because I was just about to say this, but it's funny now you asked about that because actually I think this is quite pertinent. That basically the conflicts had really escalated in the weeks before Nikki's death to like physical kind of 
I suppose, fights between them. And so it kind of resulted in counselling and juvenile court appearances for the girls. So the granny was actually given custody again, but only to have Nikki get custody back on the 5th of January. The girls protested the decision, but the court ordered them and their mother to live together for a two week trial period. And Nikki was killed on the 13th of January. (gasps) So it's really tragic because they had been kind of obviously placed there on a temporary period, you know, like obviously they were going to be going back to court or whatever. And this happened on the 13th. So it is, but like Nikki, it does seem like, and again, who's to say what went on, but it does seem like um, Nikki kind of felt quite powerless with the girls that Mm -hmm. like they did, I suppose you see as well, because they're twins, like it was, probably a bit of a two against one scenario yeah. a bit in the in the mm. house but in saying that you don't know like obviously they have been in and out for custody for reason as well when they were younger so you know who's to say what went on mm. in in their younger years but certainly it was very volatile at this time so jazz said she hit her mother with the vase and then she said she thought taz stabbed her but then jazz also stabbed her and they did admit that they did this numerous times oh god yeah and the twins then took her body to the bathtub and they said that they were kind of in two minds because that poor nikki was still alive oh yeah that they felt it had just gone too far and that's why they were like, look, this has gone too far. And I think, you know, they, they probably did like panic in the immediate aftermath because they did actually try to clean up. So they proved that later on that like weirdly, like the countertops in the kitchen, somebody had wiped those down. And like, obviously there was blood everywhere. So this was totally pointless. Yeah. So it obviously wasn't something that they had planned, mm. but I mean, just insane, like crazy stuff and like so violent and so brutal. But weirdly, which again, I don't get with in the face of overwhelming evidence, the girls actually pled not guilty to murder. But I suppose maybe the lack of... admitted it. Well, I guess now actually, I suppose maybe they're questioning the premeditation. Like that was probably it. Okay, fair enough. But in early 2014, Taz was the one. So Taz pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter first. And then it actually took a month, over a month, for Jazz to also plead guilty. So she held out for mm. a month. And both girls got 30 years, which they're serving in separate prisons. So they're both going to be 47 by the time they're out. Now, they haven't actually, you know, they haven't been up for parole or anything yet. It's like mm. they might be up before then. But so 30 years each for killing their, their mother. And that is the story of the death of Nikki Whitehead. So just a really awful one. I mean, it does. I'm, I'm going to look at the twins in Sweet Valley without wanting to trivialise this brutal crime, but I'm going to look, I'm going to be a bit more generous to them now because they haven't actually killed anybody. That yet. is true. You yeah. can say a lot. You can say a lot, but they don't, they don't have blood on their hands, which is I always a plus. That is no. so chilling, though, like you were saying, that it's like a 13 year old getting into a fight and saying someone's going to die. Like, that oh, is horrific. Crazy. It's such a yeah. creepy detail. Like, also, yeah. the bite marks. I think Ooh. that's the, like, yeah. You're in, a marks in general I just think mm. teeth anything to do with teeth I'm like I'm out yeah Sorry. Same. Uh, <laughs> same. things Girl, have gone to a very raw level when yeah they're involved 
Girls, it's been an absolute pleasure. Now, do you want to advertise your socials or are we just purely marketing you guys as, as a podcast? What do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want? Because you sent on this big list of like, we need to have, I was like, I'm not even Oh, we that. are very long riders. It's true. Event. Yeah, Anything we're very we demanding. Incredibly <laughs> divas. So, so it is Anna Carey, Karen Moynihan, Double Love Podcast. Are you on the Twitter and the, well, I know you're oh, on yeah. the gram and I yeah. do, I think I'm following you on the Twitter as well. I'm not a Twitter person, oh, to be honest. That's well, fair enough. <laughs> we are on Twitter. We are, we are. at yeah. SVH Podcast on yeah. Twitter. And We're the same on, on Instagram. We're SVH Podcast on, yeah. Everywhere, everywhere pretty much I think yeah yeah except I, for TikTok because we're old <laughs> a nice a nice coherent Especially me. I do you know what I TikTok just makes me so tired I'm kind of on it but it just exhausts oh, me I just yeah. want to go to bed when I go on it oh. for a while I haven't signed like I haven't downloaded the app no. but I like seeing when the when you know people send me amusing TikToks that's fine yes if somebody else is sharing them on their like Twitter or Instagram yes. like okay someone's yeah. curated it for me and this I can yes. do it yes yeah. and that's the cream of the crop then <laughs> no. you know I'm yeah. not signing up it's no. just too much I but. don't think sign up but what you should do is you should sign up for the well when you support us on Headstuff Podcast now is it headstuffpodcast.com maybe this is where yes. I'm going wrong it's headstuffpodcast <laughs> you've been given the wrong site the whole time dot com all these Podcasts people trying the to give me money and they can't so yeah look I think you should split your subscription between Sweet Valley Pod obviously if you're 100% Sweet Valley Pod no need to split and Crying Land I think would be a nice little it's, good. it's a good marriage. mix of stuff yeah yeah. girls you're so fab thank you for doing this i really appreciate it and hopefully talk to you soon Definitely. thank you for having yeah. us thanks for having yeah. us this is oh, great i really appreciate it you're and thank you for your patience because i said 20 minutes it's been 50 okay that's, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very a, much on brand is, for us. honestly so, that is a short episode for us oh, oh god so yeah. sorry. Don't worry. go live your lives live your <laughs> lives okay thanks girls bye thanks for thanks for this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.